0: Athletes and friends, welcome to the Woven Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and this is my co-host.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Stevie.
0: And we are here to champion the athlete's mental game before, during, and after their athletic careers and performances. So let's jump in. Welcome back. We are in episode four of the series called I Think I Can or I Can't. Managing Healthy and Unhealthy Expectations. Stevie, we are almost done with this series. Isn't that crazy?
1: Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. It's been so fun though. It's been really cool. It's been a great experience. The different conversations we've had and it's been really, really rad.
0: Yeah, I've been learning a ton. It's been helping my training and just everyday outlook on expectations. And we hope it's been doing the same for you as well. Um, We got some cool things coming up, some housekeeping stuff. Stevie, what do we got?
1: Yeah, so this Saturday is our nonprofit launch.
0: Yeah. Wait, we're not just a podcast.
1: We're not just a podcast. <laughs> so we aim to champion the athlete's mental game before, during, and after their performances and careers. And so we're doing that in more ways than just a podcast. The podcast is a very important step, but we do have three phases in which we want to do that. And that's gonna unravel over time, and we're really excited about it. So yep. that's this Saturday, yeah. is the launch.
0: Yeah. So that's happening, and other things are. Um, if you enjoy these episodes, uh, we could. It would really be helpful if you would rate them, mm-hmm. uh, share them, subscribe to them. If this, if you find ever find these being just really good information, share them with a friend. Um, share them with an athlete. Share them with a coach that has access Mm -hmm. to more athletes because the goal with Woven athlete is to build stronger athletes mentally. Mm -hmm. And so um, partner with us simply by just sharing.
1: Sharing it, subscribing, write a review, rate All of that's super helpful for us. So we'd love that.
0: Greatly appreciate that. Uh, Stevie, today we have a mental performance coach, behavioral science. The guy is a guru of the mental game. His name is Graham Roberts. And um, if you know of a guy named Ryan Atkins, some of you know him very well. Some of you have no idea who he is. Yeah. He is a world champion Spartan racer, uh, endurance athlete. He just rode his bike 300 miles. And, and
1: like, tied for first tied for in first that first race. race. Like insane.
0: Um, well, this is the uh, mental performance coach of Ryan Atkins. Yeah. And, uh, and so he also coaches world-class athletes. Uh, from all different levels and uh, him and Ryan we started a business together and Graham is going to share all about that mm-hmm. but um, from this episode I can just tell you that um, it's one that I'm going to go back to often yeah. because of just the wisdom and experience that Graham has and what he shares and um, I mean you're going to want to hear from him. So I think, yeah, Yeah.
1: this is actually our very first podcast. Mm -hmm. Fun little fun fact there. It's actually our very first interview we've done for Woven Athlete and we've just had it in our archives, just anxiously waiting to be able to share it with you guys. So yes, it's good. Let's do it.
0: Graham, thanks for being a part of the Woven Athlete podcast how are you
2: i'm good nick nice to meet you and nice Nice to meet you too stevie
0: yes this is stevie stevie we got stevie and myself here on the podcast today and i'm so excited to jump in with you thank you for just being willing to be a part of this conversation for the athlete um yeah it means oh go ahead i
1: was saying graham even more so thank you for being willing to tune in with us all the way from London.
2: <laughs> yeah, just outside, right but to anyone outside of the UK, it's easy just to say London, right? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get UK, it. It's sorry. like it's like you guys are just at, you guys are just outside of Utah, right? Yeah, so. yep,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Okay, UK. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where about the UK? Are you? Um,
2: I'm I'm literally about half an hour away from London. So yeah. just northeast. Okay. So
1: through. I'm not too far off. Not, not too, too far. On okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we are in a uh, wonderful San Diego, California, way down in the Southwest. Right. Very, nice to see Utah. very good tacos down here. Let's just say oh. that. But uh, no, it really means a lot. Um, you being on this podcast with us, we um, just kind of took this step in this direction of, you know, taking our passion with what we love about people and athletes and trying to create a lane. Uh, to talk about it more, especially in the context of psychology, nutrition, mm-hmm. physical therapy, in order to create peak performance for yeah. athletes, um, and so that's really um, by having you on the on the show, it really just allows us to gain that resource and stuff. So yeah. this is this is huge, man. We really appreciate um, you setting aside time, even though it's super late where you are. <laughs> um, yeah, what is time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: let's, let, let, let's let's discuss. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. So, I'm gonna vent exactly. for you
0: uh, some money for some coffee. What's your, what's your favorite <laughs> coffee man? <laughs> Actually, I gave up coffee four years ago. Oh, oh that's
1: your secret weapon.
0: Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I, I gave up coffee and four the, years ago. So that's it right there, man. Um, but before we get started, before we jump in, um, I wanted to give our audience the opportunity to learn about you. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind, like just sharing a little bit about you, what you do, maybe a, a fun little icebreaker in there, uh, you know, no curveballs.
2: Okay. Yeah, I've just thought of the thing that I can leave as the icebreaker. Okay. So, um, yeah. So yeah, hi, I'm Graham, uh, Graham Roberts. I am a performance coach and behavioral change consultant. So with a background in human behavior and understanding the way people work, Mm -hmm. uh, it comes off a lifelong passion for kind of exploring what gets people to number one and how they got there, what's been the story and what are the patterns that not necessarily repeatable, but what are the lessons that uh, could be learned by people in certain circumstances? So I can help enable them to realize their full potential. Wow, so yeah. that's kind of my jam. That's what I wow. um, what get into. Uh, fun little icebreaker. Um, I <laughs> was once thought to be one of the most wanted people in the UK by the <laughs> UK police force. Uh, random story. Came off a flight back from LA actually, uh-huh. and landed at the airport, and uh, the crew came on and said. Um, um, are you mr roberts yes yes, yes. could you come with us and i met at the door of the plane with three police officers with big armed armed (laughs) and it turns out someone was using my name as an alias
0: Um, and they were
2: one of the most wanted people in the uk so the the police officers very kindly looked at me and said yeah he's got more hair than you and um (laughs) let me go on my merry way but for that brief moment in time I was a pretty wanted criminal. (laughs) Oh,
1: Oh, that's a good story, Graham.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And my four mates that I was with on the flight found it very, very funny. (laughs) Have they
1: let you live it down yet?
2: Yeah, no, no. (laughs) No, Definitely not.
0: That's
1: amazing.
2: So So that's a little bit about me. So, yeah, yeah. that
0: was really, that was a great story.
1: (laughs) That's incredible. Oh my
0: God. Wow, man. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, um, we were also looking at uh, the training program that you run and uh, Stevie was actually really intrigued with one of the things you had recently. Uh, we're talking about it was the imposter imp- syndrome. Imposter syndrome.
2: Oh uh, yes, yeah, so the whole imposter syndrome thing. So uh, to give it a little bit more context, so myself and Ryan Atkins set up something called Knox Coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Knox being short for No Excuses Coaching, yes. um, and. We've developed that through a community platform where people can come and be part of the community. Ryan gives out weekly training programs that are scaled, but people can adapt and and evolve their own fitness in line with the philosophy that he follows there. Alongside me providing access and insights into some of the mental aspects of performance and how people grow from there. And um, yeah, uh, recently there was, uh, you know, one of the community asked about imposter syndrome and how it shows up. So I did a little piece for them on that and not just a little piece about background, but also gave them a a tool and a vehicle by which they can start to shift from that position. Um, So they can helpfully break through that and perform. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Have you, do you get asked that question often or was that a
2: newer question for you or? I think it was a newer question specifically naming imposter syndrome. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of ways that that manifests in the language or body language or, you know, feelings athletes I work with have before they go into competition. Really cool. Yeah. So yeah, it ahead. kind of showed up in lots of different ways. Okay. So, really. And I suffer from it itself. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. It, 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 kind of, yeah. it, it kind of impacts all of us. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: so, but for me, the strength is your ability to recognize it and work with it rather than fight it wow yeah well and to
0: give our audience like a fair kind of definition of
2: what it is uh like how would how have you kind of defined it oh that is a stunning question um (laughs) how have i defined it would be very very important if i could find my notes on it because i've thought about two different (laughs) other projects since i I recorded that and my head's been really really full so full transparency there and yeah, that's great the the definition I settled on was sort of doubting your abilities and feeling like a, th- a fraud. Oh wow yeah Whew, yeah yeah that's tough. So, and there are, fair, there are different signs that people show in that, you know, you do yeah. too much, you don't celebrate victories, you need validation from the outside world on who you are and what you're capable of mm. more than being able to find that inside. So, then just a few of the patterns that show up for people wow. when they may be demonstrating, you know, signs of imposter syndrome. Gosh, man. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, good. we, and like you were saying, I think we definitely all deal with
0: it, um, whether you're an athlete or not, uh, especially with athletes, though. Um, you know, one of our athletes that, you know, you mentioned before this, that I won't say the name we were following them super closely and, um, you know, following along their journey of just the dieting and stuff like that and the, the shaming behind it and really just watching their story unfold as they Mm gain strength through nutrition and having, um, grace towards themselves, grace towards like being able to be okay with, you know, it's the end of a race and I'm going to enjoy myself, mm. you know. Um, it's amazing the conversation that athletes will have with themselves, uh, whether it's good or bad, you know. Yeah, what which, kind of
2: conversations have you found yourself having, for example?
0: Well, for me, um, I think just the, the critic, inner critic, uh, after, you know, it's doing a good race, mm-hmm. uh, still going like, was that actually good enough? Uh, was what my performance you know I was able to get podium uh, on a sprint uh, a few months ago and the I could feel myself slipping into the doubt um, the critic the I got second place uh, but the critic was like why didn't you get first they only beat you by 20 seconds why didn't you find that inner strength to gain that achievement but Something that stopped that in its tracks was me asking myself the question, what was the purpose of this run, this race? What was the purpose of this activity? And because I put that question in place of the critic, uh, it helped me to set that purpose of my purpose was to get podium today. It wasn't to get first place, but that uh, it freed me up from the, uh, that, hey, you didn't get first place. You didn't
1: quite get in, or do enough. I right? didn't
0: quite do good enough, you know. Uh, that's definitely, I would say, how it unfolded in the mm-hmm. most recent example of training and racing and stuff for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, it all goes into, you know, what I'm so excited about with this series is I think I can or I can't. Managing healthy and unhealthy expectations as an athlete. What are your thoughts uh, on this? Like what comes to mind when when you think of managing healthy and unhealthy expectations, like, (laughs) you know, what kind of goes on? (laughs) What do you think about that?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I have a really, well, I'm not going to say fascinating. I'm going to say my view on the idea is how can we take expectations off the table
1: or how can we
2: reframe expectations as a, um, expectation about your intent rather than the result
0: mm.
1: yeah
2: so yeah. a lot of people i found settle set goals or expectations for themselves mm. of an outcome
0: yeah mm.
2: like i want this result yep now i don't know many you've really made that happen
0: because yeah. they've
2: just said they want their result what seems to be more fruitful in the way athletes you know in all the research I've done the athletes who perform well focus on the task in hand and their expectation lies around how they're going to do the task in hand not the result they get because they they understand it well enough to go if I nail it in terms of what I'm doing and I'm responsive to the environment around me I'm real time I'm present I apply my skills as much as possible Mm -hmm. I've you know trained for certain you know scenarios or if you follow malcolm gladwell's 10000 hours of purposeful yeah. practice principle oh, yeah. yeah you know if you've put that level of effort in there so you you understand how you can respond best in the moment you're giving yourself the best opportunity of the outcome that you would like that's Not, a, yeah I'm trying to make it, so it kind, i kind of focus mm-hmm. it on from a flip it point of view yes because you can only control what you do And to to your point there, Nick, around, you know, your purpose for that event was give myself the best effort and hit the podium. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: It it wasn't get number one. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the most pressing of games or situations, you look at the top athletes, they Mm -hmm. always have that ability to focus on the task in hand and excel Mm -hmm. at that. Because Mm -hmm. if they excel at that, then the likelihood is they'll get the outcome they want. Poby's final game. You know, was it 60 points he got in a final game he played for the Lakers? Mm -hmm. He's probably not going out to get 60 points. He's gone out to go, right, I'm going to get as many points as I can because this is the last time I get to do that. Wow! Mm. And that's a subtle shift, but it it, it channels your energy purposefully rather than almost trying to close the gap to an expectation that you might fall down on. And then also you might exacerbate that gap Mm -hmm. by feeling like you're fading. So if yeah. that inner critic pipes up in that moment, then it can really just stretch that gap to make it feel bigger than it actually is. And you just end up further away from what you're trying to make true. Yeah, I've, it's
0: amazing. Yeah, It's that's, taking, taking the expectation out and focusing on the task at hand.
1: So would you say that is like per whatever your athletic performance is? So whatever that game is or that race or heat or whatever it is you focus on that versus like how how would you how would someone tangibly implement that that shift in yeah. their mind
2: so it's a for for example i was talking to an athlete tonight right this is mm-hmm. a age group athlete mm-hmm. um he's got his sights set on age group performance
1: mm-hmm. and
2: okay. um, first time he's done it this year Mm-hmm. So he's obviously looking to stretch himself. He's obviously looking to go further. But with that comes that double edged sword of, oh, I really want to stretch myself. I believe I can go harder. But am I as good as the rest of the people? You know, those yeah. questions that that critic might fuel and ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is understand that narrative from both sides of it. Let's look, understand the facets of the narrative, but then start to sit there and go, right, how can we focus your application in the moment so you give yourself the best chance to perform Mm -hmm. first race of the season best race ever wow because he's gone away from that notion of am i good enough and he's moved Mm -hmm. to say well i'm good enough to do this and let's see what that gives me so mm-hmm. it's always just looking for that language, looking for the story, getting to the detail of that, and then finding some things to focus on that shift that energy in a way that's going to support in positive.
0: Yeah. Oh man. That's yeah. That's, really yeah, that's cool. awesome. I, I, uh, I was you know looking back at, you know, the most recent race that I did, uh, Southern California and I was able to pull off third place in the sprint, the shorter distance. And, um, something that as I was recapping, you know, I went five weeks of training for 22 minutes,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, don't be surprised when you surprise yourself. And it's kind of like, I'm not trying to confuse people with what I'm saying, but like, um, when you focus on what you've been doing day in and day out versus like, I just want to get there. I just want to get, I just want to score 60 points. Like Kobe, I just want to um, you, I think you shoot yourself in the foot, you take away the joy, because then now you have put tons of pressure on yourself to deliver, you know, mm. um, and you've also just like, I don't know, you're, 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 it's unhealthy, because you're not, you're not focusing on what you've done so far, you're focusing on if I, what does it mean if you don't get that, I think that um, whether you get it or not, it is important to know what it means to you as an individual athlete, you know, Um, I think you recently were, Stevie was, we were just climbing Mm -hmm. at a gym and there was a route that was a little more tough and it was getting really frustrating for you (laughs) to the point of (laughs) almost first down at the gym going, I can't get this. And I think that was more distracting than actually just doing the route. I think the question that, you know, we came to was what does it mean if you get that? And what does it mean if you don't get that? Um, Yeah.
1: I think for me, it was like, well, I think that for both of us in that situation, it was the reality of being able to, to hold what is without shaming it. Right. So I was frustrated because I was one move from the finish and I, I wasn't in my mind, I should be able to do it. And I, and I couldn't, so that was in my mind. It was the should, let's just underline that (laughs) part, (laughs) but just shitting on myself. But, uh, (laughs) I, uh, yep. In my mind, I should have be able to do that. And I couldn't, and I was getting frustrated. And I think it was just the reality. And I would, I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Graham. It was the reality of being able to hold that frustration. Like, okay, you're frustrated without shaming yourself for feeling frustrated. Yeah. But then like, you made up a really good point when we were on our way home, which is what you just said, which was, it comes to a place where you have to ask yourself, what does it mean if you get it? And what does it mean if you don't? Because the key to that answer could be the very thing that's keeping you from being able to achieve it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's another important facet that athletes should feel comfortable to explore. Mm-hmm. What's the absolute truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, you read a lot of books that say mindset is everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And so, and you can choose your mindset. And yeah, I'm a big believer you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, our mindset for me is determined from our interactions with the world around us yeah yeah and it takes a, a, a it takes an incredible amount of authenticity honesty and strength to be able to just look at where you actually are in a moment the moment you can do that the moment you then start to free yourself from that kind of inner critic narrative that's trying to keep you safe or mm-hmm. trying to energise you when you can't, or yeah. all those things, you know, at that moment, that frustration is likely to be taking over you to such an extent that you block your ability to execute your capabilities. Yeah, and like say, really good questions like Nick just asked um, that let you explore both sides of yeah. what's possible in this moment. I think a really good way of starting to get to the absolute truth Yeah. that then you can take a step forward from. Wow. And I think if just more athletes were able to do that, there's a greater chance of longer term success rather than that kind of snap moment of victory. And then the crash straight after, because we've all seen the crash, right? When you go, ah, (laughs) and I used to play a lot of golf. (laughs) <laughs> um, and
0: <laughs> you I'm sorry but I play golf too and I, okay. I think I know where you're going with this
2: <laughs> yeah like I, I my phrase that's always got me through golf is you're only as good as your last shot Wow! because you can play a great shot yeah but what if the next one you do badly or you yeah. play a great round of golf and then yeah. the next time you stand on you 10 10 shots worse yeah you're only as good and it's that philosophy that helps you shift with and it's great to enjoy stuff but it's also great to appreciate that it's not always roses it's not always wonderful if you look the the research it says the seven core emotions and only one of them's happy Mm. the other the other six um, and the simple way for people to look at them is look at the options you get to recognize someone's post on facebook because you've got like you've got heart you've got Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got anger, they're literally tied to the core wow. emotions. Yeah. And because of wow. that, you know, you've only got one of those is on the positive side of the fence as we would <laughs> normally perceive it. Yeah. Whereas the others have that negative connotation when actually they're just emotions. And happy has a good side to it and a bad side, and sadness has a good side and a bad side. And yeah,
1: all wow. those kind of
2: things. So, yeah. Yeah, That's
1: so good.
0: Yeah, it's it makes me think about just. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, golf will expose those emotions very quickly because yeah. you have to, you know, Nick, wash your off. handicap.
2: Nick, Nick, on, let the listeners know your handicap. You want now. me to share? I will share my handicap right now. I actually—that's <laughs> 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 a bold statement. Is hey, you going you know to share it though, listeners? Hey, That's listen, the question. If,
0: if we, uh, you know, Tory Pines golf course is about. Ten minutes ooh. from where I'm at right now. They just had the. What right. time did they have there just recently?
2: Uh, uh ooh, not is the, the Genesis the PGA, tour? PGA. Yeah, there'll be it will be a PGA PGA tour event. Yeah, recently.
0: so uh, that's about ten minutes from where I'm sitting right now. And if you are ever in San Diego, <laughs> I will. I will take you there. I will take you. It's on you me. You can
2: get me on Tory Pines. So I can. Say, get yeah. <laughs> you on. I have a city pass.
0: I don't know
1: how, but somehow he can. You know can. what? Yeah.
0: I just I just take off my hat and people think I'm Tiger Woods. That's how. It, that's how it rolls.
2: we'll Um, we'll leave that there there's there's the there's the soundbite for instagram everybody
0: (laughs) wow but um oh gosh
2: where was i even going with this Uh, you know did i mention i disrupt people for a living (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: I, i think in this you know as we're as we're talking about this i couldn't stop thinking about optimism versus reality i think stevie you were bringing it up just a little while ago um especially this applies to amateur like beginner athletes and elite athletes is like what's optimistic and what's being real and where oh, do we yeah. where do we draw the line Ooh. between Ooh. being optimistic and being real
2: um stevie, over yeah. to you for your first answer there you, you go. said what Over to you for the first answer. Where do you draw the line between optimistic (laughs) and and real? You draw that that line in the sand.
1: That one's one's a hard one for me because Nick tends to be naturally more optimistic than I. And I tend to be more of a realist than he. So we can find tension between the two. Hence, like (sighs) when I was not able to send that one route, I was feeling frustrated because in the reality moment, I wasn't able to do it. And he's like, be chill. One day you'll get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all have oh, a, like, Californian
2: of him. <laughs> know, right. Exactly. Be chill.
0: Um, no, we all we all have that one optimistic friend that's just always encouraging, right? It's
1: good. you that. are you uh, are uh, oh, friend. I love you. it. Though. I do love it. Yeah. Um yeah, so I think that's um I am often wondering what's the difference between optimism versus reality. I think like for like, I've yet to do a Spartan race, but I'm planning on doing my first one in April when they come to to San Diego and seeing Nick do it. And he's been training, he gets podium and stuff in my mind. The optimistic part is like, oh, I could podium age group. No problem. And then I'm like, oh, reality is Nick's been training like nonstop for like two years (laughs) and I've been running for like two weeks. So I think there's like, yeah, there's that line between believing in yourself of like something that you believe you are capable of versus like, yes, like I believe one day I, I should be, if I, if it's even something I want to do, who knows, I, I may do it. And I may be like, this is not for me. We'll find out, but it could be something that I'm like, this is something I believe I could do. And that could be the optimistic part. And the reality part is within the time frame. So like, if I want to start podiuming the optimism and I don't know if I'm even making sense, but the optimism could go into the like daily training for it. And the reality can be set in like a year or two or whatever. I don't know.
2: What do you think? I think it's, I think it's healthy to have both, right? It's healthy to have that optimistic outlook that sets you up for success, but it's also Mm -hmm. important to have that reality to look at the things like the time it's going to take. Yeah. One common common pattern in a lot of athletes is to set a goal, and not appreciate that that goal takes three quite important steps to get there. They think yeah. they can make it in one leap. So you know how athletes work with the concept of time and what in realistic what is realistic in that time. I think is a really important component
0: mm-hmm. to yeah. help
2: strike that healthy balance between optimism and realism and get the best out of both parts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
2: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: You know, I think um, if there's a major takeaway from just the conversation that we've been having so far is kind of allowing yourself to relook at expectations and check mm-hmm. that, and kind of I don't know, like almost as we redefine it, going like, what expectations are there as an athlete myself? I love what you had to say earlier. Uh, Maybe you can recap on it one more time of just like, there's no such thing as expectations. Um, Could you one more time, just explain like the difference between expectations and just like, no, what do you do as an athlete? smiling. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So, So, yeah. So my take on it simply is place an expectation on yourself and how you want to go about the challenge ahead, not the goal that you want to achieve. If the expectation is, I'm going to achieve this position, it's likely to, um, the chances of success are less. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, what I would encourage is for for athletes of all standards to just take a moment and shift that expectation for what are you going to do? What inputs are you going to give? What are you actually going to focus on doing Mm -hmm. with the hope and the intent to make that result a reality? Mm-hmm. and just yeah. shift it to a, a catalyzing thought rather than a handcuffing thought. Yeah,
0: so that's good. great. love that. And then the final thing, you know, um, for me, I always, you know, post, race, recap. Every time I finish whatever I do, I write down what it was like on the bib um, mm-hmm. or a journal and write down what that experience was like. Uh, yeah, it's a bit hard on a
2: Spartan headband, isn't it? Matt? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, um, yeah, those things go in the trash, unfortunately. Sorry, Spartan. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, do you uh, encourage athletes so that they can kind of keep track of how they did and stuff? Like, do you encourage athletes usually to have some kind of a follow-up method or anything? Yeah, like I think
2: reflection is super powerful, right? Uh-huh. But it And it's reflection from what I would call an objective lens. So Mm -hmm. rather than trying to comfort, you know, allowing your confirmation bias to sit in of your performance. Yeah, I did great. I made it all a reality or just, you know, compound yourself to misery because, oh, my shoelaces kept getting untied and all those kind of things from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd I'd encourage athletes to try and look at it from an objective point of view. There's a really simple exercise you can do Mm -hmm. that helps with that. Uh, What was a win for me? What was a learn for me? What would I change? Wow. Wow. I love that. Simple. So simple. Learn, change. What was a win? What was a learn? What was a change?
0: That's
2: yeah. so
1: good and so simple.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can so just—it it, it doesn't need to be complex. No, <laughs> no, it really. So does. There's there's far too many people who've studied far too many facets of this stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, that make it complex, and it's like, well, is that translatable for the athlete? Not necessarily. So let's use the energy to translate it so people can use it. Yeah, that's my take.
0: I think the key word is like objective in, in that recap. Uh, And, you know, it's the, and you were saying earlier too, is like the absolute truth is like the more objective we can be in discovering what our performance was like Mm -hmm. and objective with it. Mm -hmm. uh, We come to a better conclusion. We come to a better understanding of where we're at and where we're going. Um, And that's huge. You know, one of the things that um, always inspired me with, Kobe is Mm -hmm. like, they always talk about like, after a championship, he was in the gym shooting thousands and thousands of shots, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that when we are able to look at our performances and come to a conclusion about it, it it can have a huge impact in inspiring us to work hard to the next thing, you know? Like if I recap and go, man, I felt so strong after that performance. And I still feel like I had more in the tank, like my next training session is just going to be that much better because I like, I reaffirmed it. You said catalyze, which I think is that like I said it and therefore like my, my mind knows it well, that what's next Mm -hmm. is going to be even better. You know, I think that, yeah, I don't know. We gotta be, we gotta be healthy to ourselves. And we got to give ourselves. No, our yeah, I think yeah,
2: I think we have to, you know, because there's always it's a roller coaster, right? <laughs> it goes up and down all the time, and there's some days you feel like absolutely on top of the world, mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. other days that you you don't, and that's the realities of the world. And I think we have just got to be compassionate with ourselves sometimes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And. Even the athletes with the greatest mental strength will not have a great day, but it's their ability to you know work with that and work from that position that defines them.
0: Yeah. Wow. In my opinion. Yep. There you
1: go. So good.
0: Oh, this is great! Great content. Great conversation. Golf.
2: I want to go golfing now. Um, I (laughs) never. Thanks. I'm not. He's not. He's not. No. He's not. He's not said what his handicap is yet. I, I know.
0: Uh, okay, let's just be real. I'm I'm more like a bogey game. I'm a bogey game.
2: You're a bogey game. So, so that, that would be bogey. an 80,
0: 82 to like 89. Can we say that?
2: 82 to 89. So that's looking at, you know, an old money, you know, about a 12 handicap. That's decent. Okay. <laughs> <right>. I'm, I'm <laughs> so...
1: I the, the, the extent extent, is there anything golf- you'd
2: like to talk about that makes this conversation more relevant <laughs> <to you? laughs>
1: The most the extent of my golfing expertise has been at the Family Fun Center putt-putt golfing range
2: as awesome. a kid. So I'm
1: like, I could tell you a lot that
2: it's there's a lot if there's a pitcher on the side of the hole, then it's equally as fun, right? So yeah. just yes, watch out exactly. for the windmill as it's going exactly. over the hole, yeah. you know, toward exactly. that time. Yeah. yeah. That's a a big mental challenge there. Um,
0: Well, we are super thankful Graham uh, to spend time with you. Um, Hopefully this is the last time Uh, we're excited to see uh, where Knox training is going. We are huge followers. We, you know, appreciate what you guys are doing for the sports world, both physically and mentally. Um, Yeah. So uh, before we leave, I would love to give people the opportunity to be able to find more resources from Knox training and so yeah. what would be the best
2: way for them to do that and uh, you have so something best...
1: coming up too right so uh, like a big yeah so
2: we've got, co- we've got some cool we've got some cool things going on so uh, at nox.coach on instagram okay cool uh is where you find us and if you go to that web address so www.nox.coach you'll get to the website okay and um, so that's where you can find ryan and i and all that we do with the Knox things um, we are hosting a well, we're actually hosting an OCR weekend in the UK. Oh man! Um, man. In about in well, exactly a month's time, actually four weeks' time okay. um, cool. w- when we recorded this. Um, so that's the 18th to the 20th of March. Mm-hmm. There's two components to it. If some people want to come to the whole retreat, so we're actually making it a retreat with fully catered accommodation for the whole weekend. They can do that yeah. from there but we've just released today, in fact, very limited number of spots for people to come to actually a three hour masterclass on one of the two days at the weekend. So on the 19th or 20th of March uh, where Ryan and I will do three hours um, of, you know, obstacle efficiency and obstacle philosophies and all the stuff that comes with that, that Ryan knows from his, you know, lexicon of deep expertise Yeah, we're going to do some stuff that actually sets people up mentally for the season ahead as well. That'll be me doing that from there. And we're very fortunate that a place we're holding it is a place called Field Fit in the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they are hosting the finals of the UK Obstacle Sports Federation time trial course this year.
1: Wow. Wow. And
2: we're going to get use of the people who attend will get use of the course and they'll actually get to set a time that might qualify them. So, wow wow lots going that's on. amazing yeah we've so they, so got great. a great partner we've got some great partners involved the athletic brewing have come on vol come on yeah. board to support and sponsor the event which is a great great partner to work with yeah and yeah the whole thing's going to be filmed as well so there will be some videos coming out about oh, it. oh my
1: goodness cool. that
2: is going to be an exciting event to see yeah and yeah. the cool thing is that won't be the only location in the world that we do this oh man Ooh, Ooh. So to to the listeners i hope you heard that maybe maybe if you maybe, were the, the other side of the atlantic pond oh, yeah, which there are be. two rather large countries we are looking yes. at those two countries Oh, man. to as well and other places around the world we want to we ryan and i both love ocr we both love yeah. developing and nurturing the talent within ocr yeah and we're looking to partner with federations around the world to see how we can bring what we do with the workshop and mm-hmm. that you know our our expertise in doing these things to ocr athletes across the globe amazing yeah well there's there's another there's another huge reason why you should stay in
0: contact with knox coaching yeah Um, (laughs) so make sure we're going to leave the information in In the the description and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. yeah graham this has been a great time uh thank you for having me to be able to do this show with you and i'm hoping that this reaches a lot of athletes ears. yeah so thanks
1: graham really appreciate it
0: yeah you're welcome